This episode is brought to you by Geekade.com, where we create an array of podcasts, articles, and more for everyone, no matter what your geek is. And if you want to help us make even more content, please consider supporting us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Geekade. Now on with the show. Good afternoon, and welcome to Save This Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Evan Goldstein, with, with and who's with me? Who's who's on the other side of the country now? Jonathan. Jonathan, say hello. Hey, what's going on, Evan? Um, so this is the introductory episode to Save This Podcast, an episode by episode recounting of one of my favorite television shows, Smallville. Now, I have been doing podcasts, oh, Jesus, five, six years now. It feels like forever. But I got, when I first got into podcasts, I said, I, I, I want to do this. I want to do, I want to talk about this show. And it has taken me six years to, to, to get this going. And Jonathan, you and I have been talking about doing this for what, five and a half years? It's definitely been a long time, man. Like, this has been a, uh, I think we, we joked about it, and then we did the episode of uh, TWEP. This oh, yeah, episode. yeah. We t- another, po- <laughs> no, another good podcast by Evan. And yeah, gratuitous made, plug. Thank you, sir. I appreciate yeah, that. You're welcome. Deserved. <laughs> and we made the joke about it on that, which was funny because we were like, oh, that's the 52nd one, and then we can spin off with the new 52 kind of thing, and, uh, you know, just time and things got in the way but here we are and you know what it's a good time to do it because i feel like thanks to some bad things that happened in the news and then some good things like the crossover finale of the arrowverse smallville seems to be um back on the radar for a lot of people like a lot of people which is weird like that you could see there was like a almost a cyclical resurgence of this show every i don't know seven months something would pop up onto my news feed or whatnot that whether it be good bad or indifferent smallville has always been around now a lot of people are very used to nowadays with flash and arrow and batwoman and all, I can't. I can never get the title. It's too many. What are those? The guys that travel to the future in the past, friends uh, that are forever can, in DC, the past. DC's Legends of Tomorrow. That's that's and, the one. With, and you can't forget Star Girl and Black Lightning and Lucifer and I mean and Doom Patrol and like where where this is it's crazy now. All of these shows would be nothing without Smallville. Smallville started the superhero teen melodrama and that's exactly as I described it to my, my my fiance when we sat down to watch the episodes because I have seen every one of these episodes at least in their entirety at least three times some a little bit more than others oh man I can give you an exact count because I uh <laughs> I started a tradition so the tradition was whenever a new season aired I would run through all the previous seasons uh, so, damn! I have, yeah. I so have, you watch, you've watched the pilot at least ten times. Ah, uh, yeah. Now this this watching for this recording was my fourteenth time watching the pilot, like the pilot in itself. 
damn. So it's it was pretty crazy. Like I've seen that. Like, I, I could probably quote that dang episode. It's <laughs> it's pretty pretty wild. And 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 the fun part about it is you know I do know that like you said I do a television show podcast where uh, we go through and we pick specific episodes of shows just to talk about it, like one in particular episode and. It's it's something that we say I I've seen this or I'm very interested in this and I want you to participate with me and I've only brought Smallville to this that show once maybe twice and that's because I know I could sit there and talk about Smallville all of them like yes there are some bad episodes but the fact of the matter is is even a bad Smallville episode is still a Smallville episode it's a, a youthful version of the dark superhero drama that we see now and yeah. it shows the, it, it's the 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 origin story for all of the like i like feels like 80% of the television that's on tv nowadays is like, would be 90% of the cw so yeah. i mean um you know it's the same for me like i i can i've i have i have talked about this show in lengths um i love talking about this show i love the fact that when man of steel came out one of my biggest boasts and arguments for why it was good was because I was part of the Smallville generation, and we weren't we weren't the the nineteen seventies or the eighties where Superman comes out and he's he's perfect right off the get go. He leaves the fortress and everything's all hunky dory. Mm-hmm. We were part of this where we had ten years of him just figuring it out, and that was really the allure of the show. Was I, I wasn't necessarily into like the the love triangles and stuff i mean I, I got into them but my my pull to it was always like well how's clark gonna figure this out like what this is watching superman before he's superman turn into superman and it was really the the thing that kind of put that formula together because prior to that like batman we even in the cartoons he was Batman right off the get go. Yeah, the 19- out, right out, yeah. right out the gate. Nineteen eighty nine movie. He's Batman right away. Like we, we didn't see this stuff. We didn't see like the begins, like the Batman Begins or the Man. Yeah, there's no character. Well, I, there was no character growth. I want. That's like not. That's not correct. There's no. The the beginning of all of these shows nowadays shows how people are figuring it out in their lives. Before all of this, it was their life, and we're being int- we are being introduced to it, yes. which is a completely different model than normal. Because when you watch any sort of show at all, you get the the introduction, you get the build up for character, you get that. It, but for some reason, when it came to superheroes, they they sort of even in movies they sort of touched on origins just to get you caught up to a specific point, and then went into whatever story that they wanted to tell. And granted, there is many through lines through Smallville, but it, you got you were there from the very very beginning. Mm-hmm. Literally like before he is Superman. He never he, like no cape, no no crest. He is a kid on a farm kind of th- well, he is a what 27-year-old on a farm. Yeah, he's a 30-year-old man playing a 16-year-old boy or something of that nature. 15, don't take that extra year away from him because I looked that part up. But you know what? Still not as bad as Bruce. That's all I'm saying. It's very true. If that is your bar, bar the age verification point is not grease level. Um, So the way this, this, 
this podcast is going to break down. We're going to be a monthly podcast. We're shooting for monthly at the beginning, and um, we're going to do four episodes per podcast. And you said you did the math. That's what ninety-seven years of podcasting. Yeah, it's a long time. I mean, especially if we like, <laughs> if there's certain runs that I know anybody who's listening would probably want to hear more of, like um, Justice Forever and the. Um, Season five. I'm sorry, I can't yeah. wait to get to Doomsday I, because that shit was my favorite. Yeah, like there's there's a lot that we may have to like do like two partners in, but generally speaking, yeah, it's good five years. And 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 that's it's it it'll it'll cruise by because shockingly enough, most of the podcasts that are on Geekade, which will this will be hosted in, have been running for five years, three, four, five years, which is. It just goes by in the blink of an eye, especially when you're talking about something that, you know, is entertaining for you. Um, so we were discussing this beforehand. We're, we're talking about us and the show and the, the, the basis of what we're doing here. And then on in the second half, we're going to talk about our four episodes. That is for this episode. Normally, we'll probably break it down with two and two, maybe one and three. We'll, we'll see what happens then. But... For this episode, I wanted to chat a little bit, just spend a little bit of time on the, I guess you can call them the stats for the show, um, because in the first episode, we are introduced to Tom Welling, Allison Mack, Kristen Kruk, Michael Rosenbaum, John Glover, Annette O'Toole, John Schneider, Sam Jones, Eric Johnson. Eric Johnson. Did you say John Glover? Okay. Did I say? I, yes. Yes. Yeah, I did say your, John. That's pretty much your principal cast for a long time. And 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 I was looking at like stats, like we were just discussing. Tom Welling, who plays Clark Kent, is in every episode. Yeah. He's in 217 episodes. Um, Allison Mack, who plays Chloe Sullivan, is in 206 of those episodes. Allison Mack. Chloe Sullivan character is the best friend for most of the show. Yep. Um, Kristen Kruk, who plays Lana Lang, is most of the time the love interest. Uh, Michael Rosenbaum, the... Uh, uh, okay, in my opinion, the second best Lex Luthor to ever appear, the best Lex Luthor in television or movie. Um, I compare... Like, I'm a comic book guy. And I compare his Lex Luthor to Lex Luthor from All-Star Superman, which is my all-time favorite That's Superman story. And, like, visually, like, I was I, 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 starting another podcast about comics, and the first book that we were, like, I chose was All-Star Superman. And I looked at it, and I went, like, it, I can see the resemblance, like, the, 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 cap, the physicality of it. Um, Michael Rosen, I, he's one of one of, if not my favorite character that shows up in this show. Um, John Glover plays Lionel Luther. Yeah, I, I mean, he is a force of nature. Everybody else will talk about as the the the, the episodes progress, but I, <laughs> John Glover is that guy that shows up in like every fourth movie or television show that you watch. And he does a phenomenal job in a character that I don't like. 
I think they created it for this show. Something interesting about this show with and John Glover in mind and technically Michael Rosenbaum and uh, think about it and O'Toole, they pull a lot from DC's like television and movie uh, portfolio because John Glover has a lot of DC voice acting and acting credits and Annette O'Toole mm-hmm. was in uh, Superman 3. Was, was that 3 or uh, 2? 3, when, he, when three, we get the three, evil, three, yeah. evil twins. She played yeah. Lana she played Lang. And, um, you get Michael Rosenbaum, who played The Flash on uh, Justice League, which led to a really funny episode just because of this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I love the cast. But John, I, John Glover is one of my favorite actors on this show for a long time because he's the, the uh, foreshadow of Lex. But we'll get it. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Annette O'Toole plays Martha Kent, the loving mother. Uh, John Schneider plays Jonathan Kent, the responsible father. Um, uh, From the Dukes of Hazard fame, I actually had to look it up because I could not remember if he was Bo or Luke Duke. And he he played Bo. I had to look that up. Um, Sam Jones III played Pete Ross, the best friend mm-hmm. uh, who he all of a sudden just vanished for a period of time didn't, um, didn't I mean leave. we'll get into it later but like, he gets the crap kicked out of him in a later season and decides he's going to move to Wichita oh that's right because of the secret like he yeah I remember yeah. that alright and finally uh, Eric Johnson plays Whitney Foreman who is the main love interest for Lana Lang um, now as you get into this show you will notice that everybody is considerably older than the characters that they play, except for the adults. Jonathan is probably, you know, John Schneider is probably the age Jonathan Kent should be at this point in time. But Tom Welling, that was not a joke. I think I looked it up. He was 24? Uh, yeah. I'm pretty... He's, uh, playing a 15-year-old. Yeah, 24. <laughs> um, now, when it comes to television shows, there's... It has... And I, and I was talking to Angela about this TV has totally ruined my basis for being able to tell how old someone is because when I look at a 15 year old now like in the real world they look like a baby to me and that is because I grew up with people like Tom Welling playing 15 year olds yeah it definitely throws a <laughs> wrench in the the uh, identifying anyone's age <laughs> Especially when how like I mean you you can go back and you can look at him now, but when you're a, when you're a kid watching this, you're kind of like, well, he kind of looks like just like a big kid in my school, I guess. You know? <laughs> no, he doesn't. Throw that me man through was a wall. Strapping. <laughs> <laughs> that man was strapping. Um, so, uh, two hundred and seventeen episodes, ten seasons, like all of which were created or written by. Uh, Alfred Goh and Miles Millar. That's like at the end of every episode, you see them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Schuster and Jerry Siegel get credit in every episode, which I love, every which are the original one. creators of Superman. And then, uh, I, I don't know, four dozen other writers. A lot of directors. Included. Like, there's, uh, people have touched this show for years and years and years and years. So, that is the the stats, if you will. As we go throughout the episodes, we will introduce other characters. There are plenty of other show, you know, standards that show up in multiple episodes. Um, 
characters that also show up in other shows, but played by different actors and or actresses, which is one of my, like, gripes. I And no matter what CW show or... This was the WB, right? This show started in the WB. Yes, it started with the WB, and it was there when they transitioned to uh, CW. This was one of the, the, the holdovers. Um, you know, Green Arrow started in this. Flash, well, yeah, we'll call it Flash. Yeah. Started in this. Like, Cyborg. all of the shows that we are, are, are living with now, they, they, they originated in some way, shape, or form from this. Um, it's it's for the, the the entertainment that we have nowadays. The the most popular entertainment always comes from someplace else, and it's nice that we can put our finger on this show, good, bad, or otherwise. This is where it started. Yeah, and it's it's not. I'm not saying that this is where you know comic book entertainment started because you know you could throw. A half a dozen different movies out there and argue which one started it all um, but for the, the TV aspect of it Batman 66 was not what Batman fans were expecting it was a cartoony version of a comic that they knew this was something original but still truly felt like they took care and, and, and concern with the source material. Yeah. And that was that was not the norm. And there's a lot of um, as we get through the episodes, there's a lot of things you can point out, especially even just re-watching some of these now after watching things like Flash and Arrow through its entirety, um, where you can see how this was the beginning point of different aspects of those shows. Like It's, it's clear as day. Like some are just kind of mm-hmm. like blatantly obvious where they're like, oh yeah, you know, we're going to borrow that from Smallville. Um, and it's just funny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the, 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 the most recent uh, crossover event, like, they, they, they pay tribute to this show. They didn't have to do that. And I'm, that, that was, we'll talk about that too. Like, some of those crossover events were Fantastic. Some of them were horrific, but my favorite part of these shows is when they throw the Easter egg in there for not only like the comic book world, but for the comic book television world before. Yep. You know, seeing those things, like it just makes it feel like worth my time that I, I watched all of this when I did live week to week. Oh man, I could I, I couldn't imagine doing that nowadays. There's so many episodes I couldn't imagine waiting a week. No DVR. I, this was it. You had to sit down and watch now. it. So, um, this I want to I want to quickly talk about the unaired pilot, and and once we're done with that, we'll we'll take our break because we got four episodes here to talk about that that sort of set the stage for what's to come for the rest of the season. But the reason I wanted to separate the unaired pilot is because this is like it's a rarity where a show that becomes so popular that will actually first and foremost throw the air unaired pilot out there for you to see, say hey we we figured out what we were doing wrong and we fixed it beforehand, and the 
normally there's a couple of things there's a couple of choices that are made that they'll they'll figure out and say hey this this is where i want this character to go this character apparently they didn't feel they changed they, they didn't mess anything up except for the fact that they chose the wrong woman to play the mother yeah i mean this is this is rare for me because there's only two things that two properties i can think of where i actually was able to see finished like completed footage of another actor or actress playing a role that I loved or that meant something and I can't say I love Martha Kent but was in the show the other mm-hmm. one being Eric Stoltz in Back to the Future but this, oh right and he wasn't bad it's just he just couldn't stick with it they just felt they needed somebody else And but this was this was interesting because watching this with um, I guess I'll say it, uh, Cynthia Edinger Edinger yep. was the first Martha Kent for and, like forty five minutes. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's crazy. Like when you watch them back to back, like it, the the utter difference in just their their mannerisms and the way they speak and how they emote themselves. I, I I'm not insulting the Cynthia. I'm just saying that Annette O'Toole to me was definitely a much better choice. It, it's she did not act. Cynthia did not act. Poorly, like she she did a fine job for what she was doing. It was just there was, I don't know. For me, when I saw that um, Annette was like it was a nostalgia thing. Like yeah. I recognized her from Superman three. Like I went, oh that they chose that actress for me because I knew her beforehand. Then seeing Cynthia portray the role, I was like, "Okay, I don't." There was the amount of chemistry that you felt between um, John and Cynthia was—I I don't know—it was—it was like lacking. Yeah, exactly. Especially exactly. when you got to see Annette O'Toole and and John do it first. Like that's how I saw it. I saw them do it first, and I was like, "I could believe that these two are," you know a country couple that have live on a farm like like I can believe that I did yeah, the, the 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 Cynthia actress just felt too city I don't know how yeah. else to say it <laughs> there's a, there's an interesting thing about that later but the um but I also feel like and this this is now obviously I was not thinking this when I was younger watching it um, but there's a familiarity aspect to it that you mentioned. Like, um, you look at Annette O'Toole and you're familiar with her because she was Lana. And you mm-hmm. look at John Schneider and whether you're watching with your grandparents or your parents or whatever, you you recognize him. You're like, I think that guy was on Duke's Hazard. And when you have television parents, I don't know why, but there's so much more of a, a grab when they're familiar to you because it gives them that parental role, especially in the case of Annette O'Toole because she was in a previous Superman so her being the mother to this Superman kind of makes sense and there are things like that that are going to play into Smallville later but with that particular role you wanted that familiarity that, that almost comfort where it's like okay, so I know this person, I feel comfortable with this person this person obviously feels comfortable playing next to that one more so than Cynthia seemed to play, um, so it helps carry the show more. Yeah, I I fully agree with that, and it's and they the character that these two women are portraying are like they're not the biggest of characters on the show, 
but they are an important character because of you know the 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 growth of Clark in this show is not only dictated by the people he's like his his high school friends but by Jonathan and Martha Kent they are supposed to be believable parents and when when I saw the unaired pilot I'm like I didn't buy it but seeing Annette and John I like I I believed that you know I, I there are certain I like there's there's a, a list of of episodes that are running through my head right now that I'm like those were heartbreaking moments because of the character that either John Schneider presented or Annette O'Toole presented not Martha Kent not Jonathan Kent like the way they they acted out those characters you know decisions that they had to make and 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 things that happened to them which we will eventually discuss um it's because of the acting chops of those two people and 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 the chemistry that they had you know that was there was a lot of talk back when the show was airing about chemistry between certain characters like you know there was this love triangles and who was getting with who and like they did they did the rounds where you know clark was with lana clark was with chloe clark was with lois they like they, clark was getting around and people were on team chloe or team lot like it's that is the teen melodrama of of this show but there was never a point in time where like i don't think martha and jonathan should be together right exactly <laughs> like they, they they fit they were a really good martha kent jonathan kent pair and especially in the way they played them like he they were much very much yin yin and yang like they they didn't seem like they were the the precise exact couple like if you think back to like the 1977 superman where they're much older mm-hmm. right and you get the old old woman on the farm from martha kent but you don't really get a lot from her but just in their their um characterization and their presence you're like okay well these two fit perfectly together these two as the seasons go on you you see them that they have similar ways of thinking but they're different ways of thinking and they contrast each other really nicely especially when it comes to Clark's decision making and um, some of the things that he struggles with especially after you know um, not jumping ahead but after Jonathan passes away and it's pretty much all on Martha right it, it Jonathan was more of a a black and white kind of character like there's good and bad and right and wrong kind of thing and Martha was more of a shades of gray which she she looked at it as he's a, he's he's a, a kid growing up no matter what he is internally like what makes him up he's still a young man learning about life and you know Jonathan step back and think about this how black and white was it for you when you were doing that now on top of that add the fact that he could bench press a, a, a truck like that aspect of the Martha character really helps the family aspect of this show yeah, it's not yeah. all about the high school drama which is you know <laughs> what <laughs> CW became famous for. I think that's what makes this so much fun to talk about with people who've, who've seen the show, because um, you you what you said about the the he's still a person trying to figure it out, and that's the truth. Like you you don't think about that. Like nobody ever thinks about that. Like the the Superman portion where the, you're talking about a, a kid who 
has all this stuff going on with him, and he's got to fit in. So he has to figure out not only life, which is hard enough for a child, but he has to figure out himself, his powers, how he fits in it for a long time before they even break the news to him, how he's different, why mm-hmm. he's different. And I always liked that, like you said, Jonathan's very black and white. He he was very much like, no, you can't do that, no, you can't do this, you can't do that. But Martha was the the child side of it. Like, the, the mothering, the nurturing, like, well, you, you kind of have to be able to grow, and I'm going to help you to grow. And it, it's... It's fun. It's a fun fun thing they put into this, and it's a it's a fun thing that I think was very, I don't want to get too much into it, but very overlooked in Man of Steel. And sometimes it's overlooked in these other shows, too, because we get these characters, like Oliver Queen, he's, he's a full-grown man when he comes in the Arrowverse, mm-hmm. and his dad's already dead, and he's not really following advice from his mother, so we don't, we're not watching him develop as a, a human. He's just... Yes developing his arrow persona and that's and that's the thing with most superhero shows is we're not seeing the development of the the character we're de- we're seeing the development of the super character whatever it may be like there's still there's still way more room for growth in the arrowverse like that was one of the things that i don't get me wrong i've watched uh, i'm gonna say 85 to 90 percent of the arrowverse a lot of the flash like that's that was another thing with the Flash. Like you saw him grow as a, a a human, not a superhuman, and that is more engaging for me. And this show, you know, Smallville had that in spades. Like there was so much character development. Some of it went a little sideways. You know, there's only so many. Like that's that's the thing about this show was that it was a monster of the week kind of show. Yeah. And they had to fit in that monster of the week into the character, you know, growth show that they were doing. Like they they had plans for each of the the you know storylines for each of the characters to get through, and you know they they just threw monsters at people, which I I love a good monster of the week show. I like being able to step into a show at any point in time and go, hey, this was fun. I didn't need to know three seasons of extra information to to enjoy this episode. And Smallville did that. You could step in at any point in time and watch just about. Some of the seasons went a little sideways, the witch season and, and all of that stuff. But they, you, in essence, could step, you know, pop on any episode, watch it, enjoy it. And if you wanted more information, there is that through line going through it. You could watch more previous episodes or more later episodes and get the story. This is a show that you didn't need to have a previously on, but they gave it to you. Like, every once in a while you'd see, like, hey, this is the the bits and pieces that you would need to know. But here's a dude, you know, infected by kryptonite rock in some way, shape, or form, and he's the baddie for this week. Yeah, and they, they were smart with this because a lot of this a lot of that development is the basis on is based on the previous generation so with Lexi and Lionel and with Clark you get um, Jonathan and Martha with um, Lana you get the absence of parents and mm-hmm. then you have Pete and Chloe who I think there's some some minor story arcs with their parents later but the point was they knew they had to get that right and they didn't just say all right well she's okay and we'll let her go we'll let her go with the show and we're fine they knew right off the bat they they had to fix that detail and Mm -hmm. 
recasting her was a smart move, and I think it's one that oh, probably a lot of shows do. We just don't get to see it like we did with this one. Right. I, I would agree with that. It's kind of weird, though. I, I, it's, I, 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 we, I rewatched these, the four episodes that we will be talking about, and then you brought to my attention, hey, did you watch the, the unaired pilot? And I, I remember, I don't have access to it. I don't have the DVD set. Um, but I went online, went to YouTube, and I had seen it before, and I, it, it's just, like, there's just a feeling that you get watching, like, this, this stranger when they walk in, like, no, that, that's not Martha. <laughs> What do you, you can't one? tell. Nope. Nope. What are you doing, Jonathan? <laughs> Hi, Jonathan. Oh, hey, Martha. Oh, oof. Yeah. Oh, so, like, that's the that's that's this show. This show not only grew its characters, its main characters, it grew its relationships between those characters, whether it be father, son, mother, daughter, father, son, mother, husband, wife. Like, this show was about the relationships first and foremost the character development and then on top of that you had super bad guys yeah superhero shit <laughs> like, which was great yeah <laughs> like that's good. right in my wheelhouse that's why I love this show so much it was as if it was made specifically for me <sighs> alright well I fi- we'll, you, we'll, we'll stop for a minute or two we'll take our break is there anything else you want to discuss before we dive into our, our four episode chat now let's get let's uh let's take that break and let's get to it all right sounds like a plan uh we're just hang out we'll be right back just just enjoy the commercials for other amazing content on geek stay tuned are you enjoying the podcast you're listening to right now of course you are but did you know that it's just one part of an entire network of geek related goodness geekade.com is your one-stop shop for fresh original content no matter what your geek is Each week, you'll find articles and podcasts about comic books, horror movies, X-Men, music, video games, music in video games, Transformers, anime, TV shows, tabletop gaming, wrestling, beer, and more. And hey, if you want to help us create even more original content, please consider supporting us on Patreon. That's available at patreon.com slash geekade. What's your geek? Geekade is looking for some partners. If you have something you'd like to advertise on any of our podcasts, our powerful overlords are ready to talk to you. Send your proposal to mail at geekade.com with the words podcast ads in the subject line, and our diligent army of trained ants will put you in touch with the head of our advertising department. With a weekly audience that reaches well into the dozens, Geekade is the perfect place to get your ads into the ears of the right people. Once again, that's mail at geekade.com. Send your ad in today. And we're back. Thanks for uh, checking out the commercials. We're going to dive right into the first four episodes. It's the first true four episodes. Um, They are titled The Pilot, Metamorphosis, Hothead, and X-Ray. We're going to work through these in order. Um, I mean, do you want to go over the stats for, for the episode, Jonathan? Yeah, I mean, uh, so what do we want to know? What do we want to talk about here? Episode ones. Episode, I, well, yeah. Well, I, I see. I used to go by. I used to look at them based on television ratings, right? Okay. And that worked back then, and I feel like the numbers now don't really make a lot of sense. So what? What I would like to utilize as our bridge for quality, okay, would be the overarching uh, internet movie database rating for the episodes, because I feel like 
those stand not only then but now as people are getting into it as people are watching it they're still rating it and okay. the pilot was an 8.7 out of 10 which, which for a pilot that's pretty damn good yes yes no. I mean it. this did not this did not suffer from what they call pilot's disease this was a solid episode of television that was also the first episode for a show and it's, a formula I mean nothing like it had happened prior to it that's very true I, this started this started a revolution in television because like if it was like I said before if it wasn't for this show we would not have 80% of the television that is on TV and all of the CW so what, all right so with the pilot Eight point. Okay, got it. All right, eight point yeah, so seven prim- out of ten. Got it. I, yeah, now I'm on the same page. Cast, Ready to go. <laughs> principal principal cast is all all the big hitters that we see for most of it. Like you have you know Tom, Kristen, Mike, uh, Eric Johnson as Whitney Fordham, Sam, Allison, and then the parents, mm-hmm. all the parents, Ned O'Toole, John, John, two Johns, Come and on, then Johns. we meet um, Lana's aunt who shows up here and there, uh, played by Sarah Jane Redmond. Redmond. Um, there's, it seemed like they were testing the waters with her in this pilot because when we first meet her in the very beginning and we first meet the Kents, there's this kind of like she wants Jonathan and Martha knows it, but did not like kind of thing. And I, yeah. I feel like they she's just not, dropped she, that. She's not shy about it either. Oh, no. Oh. Uh, yeah, tulips are plain. It's like, <laughs> ouch. All right. Throwing, throwing freaking uh, low key shade off the bat. There was hella shade right there being thrown. But that, that's a good example of television, though, because it felt like they were like, well, let's see how they respond to this. And then I, I don't think we really see much of that later. Um, if I, as I'm thinking of the seasons in my head, um, but this one thing I wanted to mention about this episode, I wanted to make sure we mentioned the director. The director of this episode was David Nutter. Okay. And what's interesting about that is that is someone who later goes on to direct very very key episodes of Game of Thrones, like key episodes, like like the the one that stands out that everyone would know is the Red Wedding. Like really? He directed that. Yeah. There you and go. Some stuff in season eight too, but I don't want to bring that up. But it's just interesting that he did the pilot for this show and then would later on do another thing like Game of Thrones which would again revolutionize television. Now mind you he didn't do the pilot for it but still the the uh some would argue that the red the, the red wedding was one of the better episodes of Game of Thrones. I mean like it changed Game of Thrones. Like no oh, yeah. I, that was when it became no one was safe. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, of course, we talked about the writers, same writers, Alfred uh, Go, Miles, Millar. Um, and, I mean, overall, like, compared to the unaired pilot, which, again, you're only looking at, like, the first, like, 20 minutes, but that first 20 minutes was, is night and day. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a scene in it where Clark drinks from the jug, and then she's like, why, you know, don't drink from the bottle, where'd you, where'd you get those manners from? And she, there's this one, one difference in the unaired pilot, Cynthia holds on to the bottle and then hands it to Jonathan and he drinks from it. Mm-hmm. In the pilot, Annette O'Toole puts it back in the fridge and then when Jonathan comes in, he goes into the fridge and then drinks from it. And it sounds stupid, but that made that comment make that much more sense. Yes. Like, drink from the bottle and she hands it to her father to pretty much drink from the bottle. Yeah. So it's like... There was, there was also another... I mean, it was such a small difference, but in the pilot when they're sitting outside of the flower shop and, you know, the, I, I guess the parade is going by. In the actual pilot, he's like, 
yes, hey, Smallville won again. Okay, like it's it's it was stated that is Smallville football team was a good team, and hey, surprise, surprise, they won. In the unaired pilot, they were shocked that Smallville won. Like that, that's, I I know true. I saw that today as yeah. I was watching the unaired pilot. I'm like, that is a weird choice to make. <laughs> and you know what? And this is funny because, and I don't want to jump ahead too far, but that small choice that you just brought up would have made he, uh, Hothead make so much less sense. Absolutely. Like I, I was going, see, great minds thinking alike. I like yeah, to hear that's that. That's true. But um, that, tiny little difference, and it doesn't even seem like that huge of a deal. But like you said, with the, the milk bottle, it shows that that's their life. That's their life. It's yeah. like the 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 difference between. The mindset of the football team in a small town shows the difference between what could have been and what actually became. The um, speaking of the flower shop, I I forgot we do meet Lana's parents. I did not look up who played them. I will make well, kind of parents. We'll talk about that later too. Um, I did want to bring up one thing about these two that I'd never thought about when I was a kid. They were never going to last on this show, like ever. When you watch the scene where they get hit with the the meteor fragment, mm-hmm. like they're they're straight up looking up in the sky at this thing come right. They, they they don't move. They don't react. Like knowing what happens in later seasons, they they were going to die at some yes. point. Yes. Yeah. Um. I've. Uh, I, I, it's Ben. Uh. Odberg played Lewis Lang. I'm assuming that's the father. And Wendy, oh, 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 I am not good with pronunciation of names, but this name is C H E C H M E L A U S K A S. I think it was nope. someone just fell asleep on the keyboard. Not gonna try. But we'll go with Wendy, and she played Laura Lang. And you are absolutely right. Both. I think I feel like they were holding each other's hands, just staring up at the giant rock coming down at them. It was just like, what's this? And then boom, done. Like they didn't even attempt to move. Like nope. that was it. No. Nope. Um, I do, I do like Clark's arrival in the pilot, and I, I definitely wanted to spend a minute talking about it because, in other iterations of Superman, the rocket lands, and mm-hmm. we hear about you know oh his meteors in Addis Ababa and whatever else, but his arrival doesn't disturb anything, right? It's it's Superman no. comes in, he he comes down the river like Moses and just happens to be picked up by this family, and it's all nice and calm, and they take him and they love him. In this, he shows up like a force of nature with literal world changing um, consequences like the entire world changes because he shows up and that level of imperfection in his arrival sets a great tone for how imperfect this Superman is going to be or start out and that lets you right off the bat into understanding his choices and choices that the show makes and things of that nature like they they flip the truck upside down like i mean mm-hmm. then uh, oh by the way that's kent kent truck count number one <laughs> i'm <laughs> going that, to be we, tracking are, are we, we going to keep the count with kent this there is a running joke me and an old roommate have on this show with how many vehicles get destroyed especially trucks especially kent trucks so i will just i'll say it now there's in these four episodes alone two kent trucks <laughs> Five trucks all together and ten vehicles get destroyed or or damaged. It's pretty wild as you, as you keep going. Are you counting Lex's vehicle because Lex's vehicle does play a part, so it still stays around, but as a broken vehicle? I did. I even okay. counted the four trucks that get stacked up at the end of this episode. It's like, oh, there's four right there. Bing, 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 bing. But um, but yeah, it's it's 
it's a cool way to to bring him in like all right so we got kryptonite and his one weakness and what's his weakness his weakness is kryptonite so how can we have that play off into the rest of the show and the entire universe and they did a really good really good job with that well that that plays into the the aspects of superman as a character especially in comics nowadays um, this also lends to the fact that Superman, a Superman video game has also been very difficult to do because how do you try to stop this, the unstoppable? There's only one thing that can stop him or maybe slow him down, and that's kryptonite. So how are we, make, how are we designing this universe to, to play into that? Um, like I, I, I sort of reference like when... Any iteration of, of a Superman video game is very difficult to do. The One of the best ways they tried to pull it off was making... Superman didn't have a power bar. It was the, the world. Like, if the city got too destroyed, you died. Like, you <laughs> lost your life. Um, in iterations of the comics, but my favorite comic of Superman is, in essence, the bucket list or the death of... I don't want to say death of because there was actually a storyline that, but it's the the end of life bucket list of Superman. Like, what does the, um, the man who is never thought to die? What does he do? And they, you can't keep one upping the the baddies in a show like this, and definitely wouldn't make ten years or ten seasons of one super huge bad after one super huge bad. He's he's fifteen years old. Smallville will figure it out when monsters keep coming giant world destroying monsters keep coming yeah. to this town <laughs> so that 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 small little hey it wasn't just a ship that showed up it was this we sprinkled the baddies all throughout and the baddies come in the form of the, the little rocks that we don't we, i mean we as fans know that's kryptonite we know what's going to happen we know that's going to be a thing yeah. but they they also used that in storylines, which I thought was genius, um, my, my like, okay, the first interaction between Clark, Lana, Pete, and Chloe, of him approaching Lana and becoming Jelly, like that was beautiful because I know why because I saw the necklace. You know why because you saw the necklace, and we they those that don't know will f- end up figuring it out later like yep that was that was great it was a beautiful little touch the um this the other thing I, also does, very weird oh, right. that she's saving that i thought that was weird seeing well, as you just spoke well, about well, the death of the parents and hey look i'm keeping the killer of my parents around my neck that's just kind of weird to me yeah it's like a batman thing which is just like <laughs> i'll keep the gun <laughs> all right <laughs> okay <laughs> The um this this, this is a, another thing I, for, I always forget about this show when they introduce Lex and Lionel. Um, now take the fact that the meteor rock causes him to go bald, so essentially Superman's arrival affects his greatest villain because mm-hmm. now Lex gets made fun of and stuff like that. And he's always got to f- prove himself throughout right. the rest of his life. Um, but when he opens up that newspaper and you see Queen Industry CEO um, pronounce or missing. Mm-hmm. You look at that and you're like, if you're a comic book fan, if you're not a comic book fan, you're just like, oh, I'll just turn on Smallville. Uh, you're like, okay, well, what the hell does that mean? But if you're a comic book fan, you're like, holy crap, that's that's Green Arrow. We, so this this show, is a universe. They it, know already, that guy. Yeah, already they're already they're already like these people exist in here, and guess what? You might see them one day, and we do. But it's just that that leap to world building 
within the first 20 minutes of your pilot is it's it's so crazy and and ballsy yeah (laughs) well i mean and it see it paid true tribute to its source material because there are there a couple of stories that lead to lex being lex and one of which is lex was a gangster and he was a, a, a scientist and he was a number of things but one thing that stays true to me is that Lex became Lex because of kryptonite. He he got kryptonite poisoning and he lost all of his hair. That's a storyline. Like, that's from a comic book somewhere. And seeing this, yeah, maybe they youthed it up a little bit, which I don't know if that's a real word, but I'm going to stick with it. Um, it make, it shows, you're absolutely right, it shows how this is, this is a trigger to lead these people down a certain path. And it was an unknown trigger. Like, this kid didn't do it on purpose. Like, he didn't crash land in Kansas. But the arrival of this thing has changed the course of Smallville forever. Yeah. There's there's other things that, you know, we gotta... I like to give up to the pilot. Like, we we meet Pete. Like, you brought up Pete before and Chloe and Lana. Um, And it's funny because they... One thing, and I think I wrote this down as a note for a later episode, but I'll say it now. That becomes your, whether they knew about a secret or not at this point, your Team Clark. And it's the yes. first um, version of like Team Flash, Team Arrow, where you have a superhero and this, this surrounding support group for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Pete, of course, becomes the first, uh, at least the, the first television black sidekick for, uh, for a superhero. Yeah. Um, Because then we get Diggle later for Arrow, and it's this this reoccurring pattern that um, I love that they switched with Black Lightning. That was, but I don't (laughs) want to get too much into that. But um, yeah, I haven't haven't paid much attention to that. Like, I just felt that the acting in that one was a little forced with the first couple of episodes that I watched. But I I feel like we'll talk about the crossover eventually, and because we have to, especially when we end this all, because we have to talk about what happens with Clark. Because there's no one who happens with Clark. Yeah. Um, And maybe we'll talk about that then. But (laughs) but I loved these characters. And I love how they were introduced. How you you have Pete, and he's this like kind of like a wise cracking, like he's he's his best friend, but he still talks crap on him, which made him a genuine best friend in my eyes because mm-hmm. that's what you know friends do. Friends aren't always all perfect. They they'll joke about your faults and they'll pick you up when you're down um, and knock they, you down if necessary. It's, yeah. yeah, you meet Chloe, and you they they, they did a really good job with the introductions of how everyone's going to fit into Clark's life and putting him this kind of like guy who's figuring it out with these different this diverse group for the most part and Mm -hmm. of personalities really helps you to understand how he becomes who he becomes later like just so happens Chloe works at the torch and the torch is a newspaper and where does Clark wind up working when he's older and we see it throughout this this show at a newspaper so it's 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 good. Well, and it's also taking beats from the yet again the source material. Pete Ross is a, a, a direct representation of Jimmy Olsen, like that character, the the friend, the super buddy. Um, Chloe Sullivan is Lois Lane, just in a different time period or or a, a what if kind of situation. They they did those things purposefully to say. We know where we're going. We know what we, we came from. We're paying attention to it. Look, this is what we're doing. 
and some of the other shows that are out there tried to do that and like I'm gonna just jump track real quick Supergirl Supergirl CW hit show great what they did with Jimmy Olsen to me it just doesn't pay tribute to the source material I understand why they did it but they it's not I don't care it's not a a, a, a racial thing it's the the inside of the character mm-hmm. Jimmy Olsen the character that was presented was super strong well, not strong super like confident and and he knew what he wanted and so like and he was t- like that's not Jimmy Olsen no. Jimmy Olsen was a bumbler was the buddy like like they gave that character more than they should have Pete was the right mix and every once in a while you'll see where Pete starts getting a little too big for his britches and he gets knocked back down to that role of Pete best friend support character and I feel that Sam Jones did a phenomenal job with that like I believed that they were buddies I believed when at one point I don't even remember how long into the show is like Pete is is his the confidant the first confidant and if I'm not mistaken uh yeah he's the first one to find out and like I believed it like it, it not outside of oops you saw me do something it was hey I'm trusting you with this information and I believed their relationship I remember a um not to go to a different character but I remember there was a speaking of the characters on the DVD commentary they talked about Whitney um Lana's boyfriend Mm-hmm. Who we meet, played by Eric Johnson, and um, they mentioned that they wanted an actor or the or the character to be someone who is worthy of Lana, who is who's going to have character flaws that a, a team would have and stuff, things of that nature. But he's someone that you could see her wanting to be with, and at some point, and a good love adversary for Clark. And there goes Woody. Um, <laughs> and. <laughs> I like that about him and the way that he played him because he wasn't like... Do you, a, do you feel that they did that? I think so because he, when you first meet him, like, he's not an outright, and I'll, I'll assume my language, but asshole to Clark. Like, Listen, he, there, there's going to be bad language in this. We're adults, so true. go ahead. He, he, <laughs> he didn't really go that route until he got jealous. And Yeah, but they got jealous quick. He did get jealous quick, but I guess that's... Is that like is, is was that high school? Like I guess maybe like he's a, yeah, right. to an extent. I, I see what you're trying to. I see what you're saying. So like, I and then later on he he does do things that show that he's not necessarily he's not the villain. Like he's clearly not not the villain. Like it's not like like she's with the like the '80s where the the girl that's into the nerd is obviously with the guy who's like the big bully and always pick. Like that's not Whitney. And I think they did, they did a good job to make sure that that wasn't him. But you could still see where his characterization flaws were and how he would still rival Clark in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, they obviously talked about, like, I think they, they cover his past and the, I think, like you said, he's only done a fistful, two fistfuls of episodes. Um, Which is, I just remember seeing a lot more. And it's seeing that, that count kind of surprised me like I I thought that like I would have believed that you know Jonathan and Martha Kent were in every episode as well but apparently that's far from the truth yeah. um, so, so, so see the episode goes so alright right? so we have Clark landing ship landing flipping the truck 
taking down Lex, turning Lex into who Lex is, all before um, Jonathan and Martha decide to take in this alien. Mm-hmm. And it was an adorable alien, granted, but still kind of a leap to, 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 to make. Oh, a suspension of, suspension of disbelief. <laughs> yeah. Take Had to do that. All right. Um, when we meet him, because uh, they do a time jump, they, they, we get him as a teen, and he's he's already developed super speed, speed. and strength. Like, that's what we know he's got. Um, yep. So he can run really fast, and he can lift a lot of stuff, which is great for the farm life, especially since I never see one extra helping hand on the entire... And, farm. and you barely see any equipment. Nothing. So it's it's like right. like I think in this first episode you see one piece of equipment that he obviously destroys by accident just to prove a point. Um, and like everything else was done by hand. I remember like there was a cute scene. I don't even remember what episode, but he is he's hammering a sign and he uses his thumb to push in the nail. I yeah. thought that was adorable. Yep, it's just funny. Like uh, it, it's okay. So speed, strength, no help on the farm. And then, um, you know, we do the whole high school thing you brought up where he, he trips and falls in front of Lana. Um, where his two besties are taking bets on how long it will take before he fumbles. Yep. That's just mean. And then he, he kind of does the, we get to the, my one of my favorite parts in the episode was when he meets Lex and the introduction of Lex on <laughs> the bridge. At 60 miles an hour. Yep. <laughs> Via Porsche. Just runs his, runs him down. Well, it's on accident. I mean, yeah, he, he swears. Yeah, we didn't do it on he, purpose. But yeah. he does hit the guy. Um, yeah, and that's the thing. Like that shows the 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 nature of the characters that will be. Clark is I say I unthinkingly just saved him. That's what I needed to do, and then Lex was the saved character, but figured out there's something more to this. I need to figure it out and start start digging at that 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 scab. I need to figure this out, and that's the line for the rest of this show. Yeah, like as long as those two characters show up on screen it is those two archetypes um and that's an important scene because that leads to the the discovery of his his third ability which is i i just want to this is why this okay so he gets hit by a car gets knocked off a bridge discovers that he is in some way invulnerable Yes. Now, here's again suspension of disbelief. I don't want to pick the show pick the show apart too much, but he works on a farm. And I'm to believe that he's never like dad, that caught could, himself. That should have hurt. Like <laughs> like why didn't I get cut by this thing? And like now all of a sudden he's like dad, I just got hit by a car and nothing happened to me. Something's not right. Really? Like now Let me stick my arm in this this mulcher like that that was like, that, it, was, that was you know, I think back to like Kick-Ass when they were hitting him with the lunch trays and stuff like that. Like, like I don't know, it's just it was just a funny line where he's like, all right, now I need some answers. You know, 15, 16 years of this, too much, Dad. I got hit by a car. What's going on? And well, they, they made reference to the fact that he is different, that they're figuring out his differences, his speed, his strength. Like, he knows that he is different from other kids. It's, it's to the point where there are more, like, it, that. I guess that he was different in just the family life. Now he's different from outside forces. Like, Lex hit him. So now, like, if maybe Lex chased him and then he ran away really fast, that's different. Maybe it's not an outside force showing him his differences. I don't know. It's, yet again, suspension of disbelief. This is a superhero show. (laughs) First um, and foremost. 
we get the uh, we get the introduction of the villain, who's the electric boy or electric thing guy, guy with electric powers. Yeah. Uh, don't don't ask me how, but he's got them. Um, so wait, he was he was the he was picked on by the the football bullies. He was made the scare. Oh, he he was the well. First how did scarecrow. he get electric powers? Well, he got hit he by was the scarecrow. Yeah, and during the. He was the scarecrow during the meteor shower. Well, corn's very corn's very conductive to electricity. Oh, is that what? Okay, I think, I think there's right. science there. So, I mean, I don't <laughs> Smallville know. Smallville science. He just, like, everybody science. else seems to derive their power directly from like, oh, a meteor rock plus hot makes heat power. A meteor rock plus bug makes bug power. Um, but this this was just like, you know what? Electric. We're figuring this shit out. Electric. Why not? People like electricity. Um, that guy. It's probably actually, the easiest one to do too. That guy actually comes back. In Arrow and plays a villain in Arrow named Murmur. Just a quick little tidbit. Um, oh, that's another thing that these shows do. They play such like uh, in Smallville, um, Terry Hatcher. Yeah. I mean, like there's so many. Christopher Reeve at at one point in time shows up in this show. Yep. yep. And there's no reason for that other than to say, "Hey, this is for you, fan. I know this is what you're looking for. I know this is what you want here." And this—that's one thing that this show does fantastically. It doesn't overdo it; just does it every once in a while, and it's—it's it's monumental. Yeah. yeah, I guess this uh, this guy comes back years later. You find out that he, the meteor shower also gave him prolonged life, and he's young. Yeah, it suspended him. Like he sort of went—it's a suspended animation kind of thing. Yeah, and he's woke back up. Gone on a killing rampage to get back at all the bullies that gave him superpowers and let him live long. So, mm-hmm. you know, he, he held a grudge. Um, yeah. One of which we find out is... Um, no, no, it's not. It's no one connected to Clark. He just... Clark just happens to be there when he's... Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. That's what it is. Clark becomes the Scarecrow. And right. the kid finds well, him. Right. Lex... Lex it sees the kid, the baddie, as the Scarecrow. That's when Lex becomes Lex. Scarecrow kid becomes Electric Dude. And then Whitney, in a fit of jealousy, yeah, scarecrows up Clark at the same. And then, okay, so this is also the introduction of the the necklace, which plays an important part. Lana, for some creepy reason, wears a piece of jewelry around her neck that was given to her by her aunt. Yet again, creepy. A piece of the meteor that allegedly killed her parents, mm-hmm. and she wears that. All the time. Yeah. It's just weird. Yeah, you know what? And again, um, not to pick the show apart, but Lana's worn that <laughs> necklace since she was a kid. And I guess, well, actually, I guess we are here to pick the show apart. Um, but yet, it's never, mind you, it's a small piece, but I feel like, from what I know of radiation, small piece, even over time, like, how yeah. has Lana never, like, Lex, he says that, oh, you got a crazy white blood cell count, so you're never sick. Okay. And he's bald. Okay. But Lana's never been affected by this. Like, she's got nothing, and it's kind of messed up. <laughs> like, well, you know, she's privileged. I don't know. Um, and yes, we are. I want you to be comfortable with being able to pick this show apart because we, no matter what we say about this show, what negatives we may say about this show, 
we feel, and this is for the listening audience, that everybody should watch it. Yeah, it's because I do. it is a fantastic show. Don't don't let the <laughs> negative stuff. The, the negative stuff is the fun. Like that's like yes. Like why is Lana not like a super jumpy person? Why is she like, <laughs> like she's a cheerleader? Girl. Super jumpy, super cheerleader. <laughs> Pom poms coming out her ass. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Clark is strung up, and he is strung up as the scarecrow because. Lana gave Whitney the necklace as a token of luck for his big game. Mm -hmm. Whitney gets jealous of Clark, puts the necklace on Clark, which in turn makes him weak, and then he is able to be strung up. And then conveniently, the necklace breaks off when he needs to falls right off when he falls. When Lex lets him off the scarecrow post, it falls off his neck. And then Clark pieces together via some stuff that um, he learned from uh, Chloe earlier that this electric guy is going to go kill everybody in the high school. And um, is the wall of weird introduced in this episode, or is that in the next one? That is this episode. She she does so, show him in this episode the the wall of weird, and that's where he sees the picture of um, Lana, the heartbreak in the homeland, the baby. Yeah, <sighs> every time I see that, the the fairy princess yeah. picture, it's heartbreaking. Um, but like that's that's another character in this show is the wall of weird. It is like it's the go-to for explanation of the weekly bad guy. Yeah, it's just it's the thing that Chloe somehow was able to keep away from Clark for the entirety of their friendship, and yeah. um, just stay out of this closet. Don't go Clark. in that this closet. Is, this is my closet. It's my happy space. And, uh, <laughs> you know, Clark crazy. sees it and has that that point where he's like, "I caused all this." And it kind of gives him that that hero push where he's like, I caused it, so I got to kind of like, I caused it, I have the ability to do so, so I'm going to protect people from from the bad. And that's Mm -hmm. why he runs off, literally runs off into the night, um, half naked, away from Lex, (laughs) which you you can't blame Lex for for wanting the answers. I mean, he he thinks he hits the guy with the car, and now same dude runs off naked into a cornfield, (laughs) like after being strung up on a post. Absolutely. I'm not faulting Lex. What I'm faulting Lex for is not doing it sooner or figuring out. Lex is supposed to be like a super smart dude and have all of this stuff and money and and advancement at his disposal. Just watch him. Just punch him. That's it. Just punch him once. (laughs) If you got a question, if you're wondering if you hit him with your car, hit him once in the face. See how he reacts. (laughs) See see what happens. Flick him in the eye. You know. But uh, another thing that I wanted to mention about this is this show does a lot of... um, small little things to reference the Superman character. Clark is always in red and blue. Always. Mm-hmm. Always, always, yep. always. In some form of red and blue. Blue jeans, red plaid shirt, red and blue, red and blue, red and blue. Um, the Scarecrow, the Smallville Scarecrow is a strapping young man. Well, in Clark's case, that other kid was kind of gangly. Um, strapped to a pole with a giant S on his chest. In a very, for Smallville. In a very Jesus-like p- pose, mind you. Very, very Jesusian, yes. Um, like it this show knows what it's doing like hey look at this hey you know like the later on the red blue blur like you ah we're good you're gonna get it it's here for this is you little little taste yep. there you go and that's what kept me as a comic fan entertained i was looking for these easter eggs you know because that they like they did that stuff purposely to keep like this is not just a show for newcomers. This is supposed to be a show for everybody, and 
they did a good job with that. Yeah, and like to, I guess uh, I mean you could talk about the pilot all day. Um, the um, I did like that he he's still a teen, and mm-hmm. at the end of the episode, not to jump because I've you know it saves the day. If he didn't save the day, it wouldn't have a show. So yeah, he beats right. electric guy. Um, the uh, I like how he stacks the trucks. I know I put them on my truck count, but I lo- I, I always like that because. Later on, you watch Man of Steel, when Clark yeah. gets mad at the guys in the bar when he's on his little trick around the world, he doesn't attack them. Instead, he goes outside and he messes up their trucks, which was a direct nod and one of very many in Man of Steel to Smallville, um, yep. something that plays off later. Um, one other thing about Clark, people make fun of him. They call him a nerd. He's pretty jacked for a nerd i mean like six six two and he's got to easily be like 210 pounds well, that's what happens when you're 24 around a bunch of 15 year olds yeah. but still like who- no he is he is a farm boy like he's not he is not a he is a chiseled yes specimen of a human being like- and yes it's his mannerisms like the clark mannerisms that that keep him from i don't know Getting the girl, being the quarterback, like that—that that sort of and his, thing. And his parents, but he—he he, uh, his parents, he has the ability to do yeah. it. Like in other episodes, like like you're right. We could talk about the pilot. We see the introduction of all of these characters. We see the formula of what this show will be. Baddie introduced because of Meteor Rock. This is what this is. We figure out how the baddie can be stopped. Baddie is stopped. Plot line progressed partially that that hidden plot line and this one the hidden plot line is clark's love for lana yeah that's what it is Clark's love for lana his discovery of himself lex's under i mean right now his dad's just kind of like a, a presence in the background but this this constant need to get the approval of his father mixed in with his curiosity and well you get a little bit of his manipulation i think later on um Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, you're right. This is where you we start to see. The- well, he is he is a puppet master. Like he knows he knows what to say. Like even though it was, I'm pretty sure it was in this episode. It was sort of to the benefit of Clark. He tells Lana about the lost necklace or the scarecrow yes. incident or like like that's he's like I'm not saying it outright, but hey. The, turn over this rock and you're going to get the information that you're That was the next for. episode, which is good. It's a good segue in episode two because that's exactly what he does. He goes up to Lana and he's like, why don't you ask the quarterback what he was doing? Or, or he says, like, hey, didn't you used to wear a necklace? Um, yeah, it was something sneaky, something sly, and I love that. Um, um, so episode two is metamorphosis. Yes, this is one of This is the, the true beginning of the bad guy, or the monster of the week, because first episode is introduction to everything we get backstory we get character development we get this this is hey check this out this is your bad guy this is you're going to see the the, the the creation of your bad guy and rinse repeat yeah and uh this one so imdb gives a 7.7 7 out of 10 um mm-hmm. if you ever watched it on television oftentimes they played the first episode into the second because it runs right from one right to another it just takes place right after the prom night where yep. Clark gets his little imaginary dance with Lana because that's what he is. He's a guy in his fortress of solitude which gets mentioned. Um, kind of creepy with the, little, the, the little telescope. Creepy with the telescope. Reminded me of Superman Returns when he's like just creeping on Lo- Lois's life. <laughs> Creepers, creeper Superman. Creeper Superman. <laughs> um, and like, um, you know, you, you, you can understand the ratings dip because the first episode was all that hype 
and then the or the viewing dip or even the, the I'll say the opinion. This one you meet a very awkward villain, um, Bug Boy, who comes back later. Yes. Um, you you get introduced to um, uh, how they're gonna play these bad guys. Like, okay, so he's Bug Boy and he's into bugs and meteorite affected the bugs which then bit him and now affects him and he also drives a bug and he leaves butterflies and it's kind of like okay buggy bug bug, yeah, bug man, we bug, get it bug um but one thing that happens in this episode is the first time we see him fly kind of ish yeah hover hovers in a dream and then finds himself hovering in reality um which is a interesting thing to to get so Let's let's talk about that for a split second because there was a rule for this show: no flights, no tights. Yeah, that was a, that was a rule. Like they when they first started this show, that they will not show him him fly as Superman, and he will not be in the Superman right. costume. And as a as a fan, that broke my heart because you know that's what we're waiting for. Um, but they they worked around that in certain ways. You do obvious he will fly like he flew in episode two. But it's just, or excuse me, technically the first real episode. Um, the um, they but they stuck with that. Yeah, they're, they're, pretty the pretty much writers always they stay the comment that they made was flying and the suit were the most large signif- signifiers of Superman. So, like you said, the no fights, no tights was that Clark would never like Clark Kent would never just run, leap off the ground, and be flying around the Earth. Like, Clark Kent would never do that. And they do, like you said, they do find ways to sneak around that. Um, and it, it, just, it does become an interesting uh, aspect to it, because you do you do think about that. Like, okay, well, Superman, he is the, the flying, he's got the suit, and that is what makes him that, and this isn't Superman, this is, this is Clark. Um, Clark. But uh, what else we got? We got um, so Lex. You talked about Lex's manipulate manipulative abilities, um, as he like uh-huh. puppet masters the the thing. Is you that's a very good way to put it. We'll probably use that one again and again and again. Um, <laughs> and my one of my things I like about this is that this episode develops another stable, which I dubbed Kryptonite Hands, because every time Ooh, yes. Clark gets affected by Kryptonite, they always use the same effect on his hands and it starts I think it one. might be the same sequence over and over again yeah I mean, probably. like this, the background changes the, uh, <laughs> he goes to reach at the rock and it starts to affect him but later on anytime he's around it he always looks at his hand first um, and like oh okay just like how he you know, we'll, we'll get into that later but the, the hand becomes the tell of the, the kryptonite levels and what's going on mm-hmm. um, yep we also we're also introduced to the fact that lead is protective mm-hmm. like we figure that out because of Lex giving him back the necklace saying being his manipulative way hey if you want the girl here give her this I guarantee you this will work yeah, and any normal 15 or 16 year old guy who wants the girl would literally run to it and go hey look what I found this is for you I'm the hero and that shows the difference between that and our Clark character, like he doesn't, nope. he doesn't do that. He he weighs it out. He thinks about it. Um, I'm looking at the IMDb pictures, and I order, or already see at least one truck destroyed. Oh yeah, we get the the Whitney's truck. Whitney's truck gets destroyed in this episode, and we also add the Bug Boy, Bug Boy Bugmobile 
to the okay. to the list. Tell me, man, it's it's it's, it's so funny. <laughs> is this the first time he does the shield from the explosion with his body? Yes. Because and that's that's also a repetitive thing. Yes. Where something will explode around him, but his body protects from the person that he is hugging. Yeah, fire, fire. Uh, as science has proven, only goes in one direction. It's, it's like, it's like yeah, a heat it doesn't wrap around. Nah. It just goes out and splits. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, so I, I always liked... So when I watch television shows, any television show, I see as a person comes onto the screen for the first time, I can go, bad guy. Like, I go, boom, that's your villain. I don't have to have any other interest, like any other information by the look and the way they introduce you go, bad guy. It's like watching a Disney that, movie. Yeah. <laughs> this this character, I we're just going to continue to call him Buck Boy. As soon as he shows up on screen, you go, yep, that's the villain of this episode. And I know he's going to go through that metamorphosis. You can't see it. I'm air quoting where he goes from stringy, greasy glasses wearing Awful nerd, nerd bug nerd to teen heartthrob overnight because he cocooned himself or something or other. I don't know. And this this is one of the because I can't count Whitney but here's another here's another Smallville staple where villain is into Lana. Like, yeah. Yeah that's that's a bad the, that's a bad thing for Lana. Lana is always the princess the source of, of, <laughs> of this this <laughs> universe. Yes. I'll agree with that. Um, one of the worst visualizations of uh, Batty's power, which is he shot webbing. Oh God! And it came out of his mouth, yeah. which was disgusting. That... Um, I'm trying to. How did how did he win? How did he, how did we defeat Bug Boy? Well, they go to they they talk about how they were always hanging out because another Kryptonite reference, right? They say, "Oh yeah, didn't you guys always used to hang out there? Yeah, we used to hang out with them at at the old mill, and Clark used to always get sick around there. Ah, and Clark doesn't right. piece two and two together, runs off because Bug Boy steals Lana." And then they go and, and they, they talk about how he has a cool treehouse, and that's where Lana is, all the webbing. Um, yes, but, yeah, it all coming back. Yeah, and they, they have, like, because Clark, another thing about this, Clark very rarely throws a punch on this show. Like, he oftentimes just picks the person up and throws them or slams throws. them. So that's what he does with Bug Boy. He throws him a couple times, and I think he gets, like, crushed by, a, by some kind of, like, a... a Oh, and then he becomes a bunch of bugs. Yeah, he runs off. Like, it's crushed by something, turns into bugs, like Oogie Boogie, and runs off. Um, <laughs> wow, good pull. An Oogie oh, Boogie reference. We're Nightmare Before Christmas house. My wife, my wife loves Nightmare Before <laughs> Christmas. Um, but we, uh, yeah, and then he, he runs off, and you're kind of like, will Bug Boy return? And he does, in fact, years later, and we'll talk about that when we get to it years later. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then they have that sequence where, like you said, does Clark get the girl? Does Clark not get the girl? And he doesn't because we we see that Whitney is the one that uh, breaks Lana from the Halloween looking. Yes, he well he opens up that that cotton netting that they sell at at Halloween stores. Yes. to 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 to, to symbolize webbing. So yeah, he he breaks that open, and as soon as he opens up that web, <gasps> that's what was keeping her. Keeping her knocked out. Asleep. I guess. I don't know. Let's, let's I don't do know. that. I'm scared of spiders. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but, that's what it but is. But you get a, you get a lot out of this in terms of like tone. Like, what's what's the tone of the show? Because the pilot kind of gives you that, but this really really gives you like 
what are we going to see episode by episode? And Mm -hmm. I think that's where the dividing line, maybe later on in the season, becomes where people start putting it down. Because they're like, all right, well, we can see this. But they also find ways around the the characters, like Lex and Clark's interactions and um, Clark and Lana or Lex and his parents. Like, we haven't even talked, I forgot to even talk about, like, Jonathan. It's, the next episode yeah, is a good one. Like, okay, we're, we're rolling episode three, um, which... For, I mean, for that for that interaction. Because yeah. isn't that where, like, they have the, 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 the sword oh, fight? Oh, no, I was talking about... Uh, but, yeah, there's that. But I was talking about Lex and Clark's parents. Because right oh. off the bat, in these first two episodes... Jonathan makes it very clear, like, I don't like this kid. He doesn't even give, doesn't even give him a chance. Like, forget him. Well, let's be honest. Okay, let's, let's hold on a second. Yes, the fact of the matter is he doesn't like Lex. But Lex's father, his family is horrible. They have destroyed yes. Smallville. Okay. And Lex did hit him with a car. That is true. Like, it's viable for the parent of the child that gets hit by a car to be upset with the driver of said car. Yeah, but you do see a good dynamic difference in Martha's view on Lex and Jonathan's view on Lex. Mm -hmm. Um, Where you get, and I have to call him Jonathan because his name's actually John, so I'd be too confused to call him anything else. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Where Martha's kind of like, yeah, maybe, and he's just kind of like, nah, that's it. We're done. That's that black black and white and gray we were talking about. And that gets put to the test a lot later, like way later in the show. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, episode three. Um, what was it? All right, so episode three, Hothead. <laughs> yeah, this is a... Uh, Such clever titling. 7.6 out of 10, so roughly around the, around the same. The same yeah. as... Yep. I'm going to... Here's a little, a little backstory for um, my other podcast called This Week's Episode. One, the most recent episode... Um, my co-host Chris picked an episode of um, oh shit The Wonder Years oh, nice. for us to watch and I watched The Wonder Years it was a random episode it doesn't matter but watched The Wonder Years then I proceeded to watch the four episodes of Smallville to refresh myself and then I watched an episode I watched the show Psych because I'm doing a, mm. a weird sort of rewatch of that I haven't really fully watched it okay in a week's time, the father from the Wonder Years, the main bad guy in this episode of of Smallville, and the one of the main characters in an episode of Psych were all played by Dan uh, Loria. I think is his name. Uh, yep, yeah. and the um he uh <laughs> he keeps the same name. He's Coach Arnold in this. That is a tribute to it his was- character. Like, this guy showed up in my life 14 times in one week, and it's like it hasn't been that way ever. It's like when you start, hey, I'm going to buy this car, and then you see that car all over the place. Like, that's what happened with this guy. Um, so, all right. We're <laughs> 7.6 out of 10. Not bad. Not great. Yeah, not, not, too, not too shabby for a, a new show. Um, yeah. You get the, like you say, you get the introduction of the coach, which this plays off to what you were saying before, because the, the, the big... The big uh, drive of this character is he he wants his 200 win, which I did the math, right? And that's like 375 games over 25 years, and he'd have or 375. Yeah, he'd have to win like eight games a season. So 
it, it's kind of impressive to 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 go two hundred two hundred wins. Like, what do you think well, about Well, it? it's is it three hundred? Oh, so like, it's not it's not fifty two weeks. Let's say play one game a they, week. They, Let's say twenty five. Well, they play because it's high school football, so they play about ten okay. games a season. Um, okay. So out of that, not counting like postseason games, don't want to get too crazy. He would have had to <laughs> win in his twenty five year career at least eight games per season, or like had like one really bad season and then like undefeated okay. over and over and over again. So okay. we want to bring that up is because you made a good point before. I didn't think about like if they were surprised that the Crows won. To match that up to this man's uh, zeal yeah, for winning, it wouldn't make any sense. Like, well, he'd probably be scratching at the bit for that 200 win. Like at this point, like, he's just yeah. kind of like, oh, if it comes, it comes. But this was a man it's, who's like, this is my legacy. Like, I must, I must have yeah. this. And it probably puts a lot on high school football. I'd say this is probably like, like the Mighty Ducks, where Bombay <laughs> like lets like one missed shot like completely change the direction of his life. Might be like the second second most uh, influential <laughs> sports moment yeah. in video and I guess, video yeah, production. Like <laughs> but um, yeah, so we meet this guy and uh, his, powers. his powers. So this is another, okay, the, the introduction of his powers is the situational kryptonite rock. So the first situational kryptonite rock is bugs are affected by rock bug boy is bitten by bugs okay the uh, coach arnold has a steam room which i i guess the steam comes from heated rocks and those rocks are kryptonite yes so he's been baking in essence in a kryptonite oven after every game and what we, you you mathed it out yeah. for two hundred games. I mean, whenever the from a, at some point when the meteor rocks landed, he's been just doing this, I guess. And whenever they gave him a steam room, um, and that gives him gives him heat fire powers or heat powers. Or, uh, pyrokinesis. Yeah, is that, if I'm not mistaken, is the official term. It is fire starter from the Stephen King yeah. joint. Um, be controlling a fire via his mind. Now, I don't feel he has the greatest control. Like, it looks like every time he uses it, he's about to have a heart attack. Yeah. He has to think really hard. I don't know if that was done on but, purpose or not, but yeah, you're definitely right. But this is where... Okay, so the first bad guy... The I'm, I'm counting Bug Boy only. Like, this is... Like, the first introduction of a bad guy. The first pilot episode is a, a situational kid like this kid is 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 a bad guy because of the situation that he was put in he is getting um revenge bug boy is a bad guy he wants like domination he wants to be the the top dog this guy like this got dark fast fast like nearly kill did he kill the the principal uh no he almost okay almost almost killed the principal nearly killed multiple students like with fire shooting out of the, the ground in in a sprinkler form, which I thought was a wonderful effect. Mm-hmm. Um, Chloe nearly got burned alive. Like this guy was this guy was this was a bad guy, and it showed how dark this show will go. <laughs> yeah, and you you 
you really see that they'll push the limits on on what they consider bad. Um, no, nothing was safe, and you, you get no. a, we get another taste of that next episode. But um, one thing I liked about this was you got to see Clark play football for a little bit, which they do again later. But this was kind of like, oh, well, he finally gets to play football. But you see that when he does it, because he doesn't listen to his dad. His dad's like, oh, you know, you can't do it. What if you get? What if you want to impress somebody or want to impress some girl? Yeah. And and he does. He in fact at one point during the during the the warm up or during a practice scrimmage. He uses his abilities to like plow through a bunch of people and then jump. Did over he like them. jump over four? <laughs> he leaps over four of them. And it's like, okay, Clark. So your dad was was right, right? And you're not ready to do this this thing. And I liked that because it showed a, a rebellious tone in Clark, like teens have, and mm-hmm. it also showed that. You as a viewer, you're like, let him play football, but then you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess his, his dad was right. The, yeah. the introduction to his skills with football, where the the asshole football players hurl a football at Chloe's head, and he oh, you know God, catches yeah. it one handed, like that was <laughs> that was awesome. Like it's it's I know it's a camera trick, but the the noise and the and like he's got it in his hand, and then he hucks it back at the perfect spiral, mind you, and knocks the kid back a bunch of feet. Yeah. Hits him right in the gut. Like that was, a good, that was a good little sequence. I like that one. But the underlying theme of this episode is rebellion. Mm-hmm. Um, you have Clark rebelling, uh, air quoting yet again, rebelling against his father's wishes. Um, I mean, he is pushed to rebellion because of the coach. Like, God, God it's just a douchebag. Um, Lana is going through a air quoting yet again a rebellious phase because she's trying to figure out what her life is going to be like is she is she the cheerleader who knows like she's trying to figure that out um lex is rebelling against his father and his father immediately puts him in his place then lex immediately turned around and one-ups him again such a cool their their relationship is awesome the fencing Um, (laughs) that was cool yeah but Honestly, my favorite interaction in this... I mean, granted, it is a great bad guy episode. We get the, you know, coach wants something. Coach will do anything to get something. Also kill children. Um, Clark gets, you know, stuck with the the media rock. Like, I still don't understand how he could pick them up and throw them through that. That glass is thick. That's double-paned glass. But suspension of disbelief. Um... He gets out. Someone saves. I think his father saves him, right? Father uh, figures out he's not there. Right. Yeah. His dad goes looking for him and um, finds him in the the steam room because he the sees the dogs. broken glass and the 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 rocks on the outside. Yes. That's when they he tells him uh, about the meteor, the effects of the meteor rock. So now dad knows. And then the, the showdown between coach and Clark. And in essence, Coach actually does. He ends up killing himself. Uh, yeah, he gets like super angry and basically lights the entire room on fire because he's he can control fire, but he's not impervious to fire. Yeah, um, that's kind of also funny. Um, which is interesting. But the, this is the one thing we skipped over. This is the first episode since the because he's not in episode two where you actually get to see John Glover, and um, he comes back and you get to see his how his relationship is with Lex. Um, that's yeah, like that's that's that is. Uh, I, well, oh, I was actually going to talk about is the fact that we get to see Lana 
Ellie's interaction with her aunt. That was my favorite part. But seeing the 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 same but different versions of Lex, because Lex and Lionel are very, very, very similar, just slightly different. Mm-hmm. And you could see what those you could see what Lex is, has the ability to become, other than the hairstyle, which. Doesn't he? He shaves his head later on in a se- in a couple of seasons. I remember uh, that. when he goes like, to jail. Lionel, Lionel yeah. goes to prison. Yeah. Um, but you you see, they set the stage for what will be the relationship between Lex and Lionel. Even though they have spoken about it, like he has said how Lex has said how upset with his dad he is and how how he feels that he is treating him poorly. But now you get to see their physical interaction where Lionel is like you are a Luther act like it kind of thing and he really feels like Lex is acting like a petulant child which in essence he is but hey he is well actually he's much he's considerably older isn't he he's out of high school um yes he is perceived to be almost like he like imagine he graduated college early I I always pictured Lex like 22 23 Okay, um, hanging out with fifteen-year-olds. Yeah, Creeper. which is weird. It becomes weirder <laughs> later. Um, maybe he's not supposed to be old, but he drinks scotch pretty openly, so I'd imagine he has. Yeah, to be so he's got to be. Let's just assume that he's twenty-one. There you go. Um, all right, but uh, but yeah, <laughs> no, this was a this was a good one. I mean, they're they're all good in their own ways. You just got to kind of dig around the the meat. Seeing seeing the interaction between Lana and her aunt. And her aunt giving her an insight into Lana's mother, because Lana lost her mother when she was very young, it showed how Lana can choose her own path kind of thing, which is... The show concentrates on the male aspect of growing up, because it's Clark, and it's growing up different, or growing up trying to figure out your thing, and that gives the other side. The the Granted, yes, it's a silly superhero show, but that shows, you know just because even as a young female just because your life is a certain way doesn't mean it can't change or you can't choose to change it and that was empowering at a time when there wasn't much of that on TV there are a lot of strong female characters in this show which sort of get overlooked which is a shame because it is Superman it's it's your you know the main character of this show is super but Lana trying to figure out what she's supposed to be doing with her life, getting a job, quitting the the cheerleading, and then finding out that message from her mother's graduation speech. Like that was that was a nice wrap up to a heart a heartwarming story that was marred in tragedy. Like we know that she lost her mom early and she didn't have that figure to help raise her, or whatnot, but she, the mother from beyond the grave kind of thing, is helping her along her path, mm-hmm. which is which is awesome. And then, uh, uh, I guess, uh, on to the next one, which is so, which is, I, I gotta go, hold on, I gotta, I, I'm sorry, what I end up doing is I, I open up IMDb. I go to the episode. I get. I see like the the title card, if you will. I go. Oh, I, I love that episode. Oh, and, uh, I I look at the photos. Every episode has like thirty five photos for the episode. Um, this is the first of some of my favorite episodes. I was always a fan of the introduction of new powers episodes. Yeah, they, they did it early too. Like early, they gave him this one. But it makes sense because it becomes a tool that he uses later when he investigates and stuff like mm-hmm. that with. Um, X-ray being also the title, um, eight point two. 
8.2. Okay. Time. Pretty good. I mean, I think most of the, I'm sure most of the power, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and guess that the episodes where he gets an ability are going to be some of the higher rated episodes because I'll buy were, that for a dollar. They yeah, always, I'll they always that. put a lot into it. Like this one, um, he, uh, what is it? It opens up with what we think is Lex robbing a bank. And oh yeah, the shaped yeah yeah, and he runs into Clark and knocks him through a window, which is like, how can Lex do that? Clark's superhuman, doesn't make sense. And then it gives him a bump on the head, and he kind of looks at what we think is Lex, and he can see through him, and he sees his bones, and they're like green and sparkly. <laughs> um, yes, he's like, that's not I like right. that. I'm going to stick with that de- that, that description. Yeah, I like it. Green and sparkly <laughs> bones, and he's like, something's not right about that. Um, and then we later find out that that's uh, the freak of the week, Tina. Tina something, I don't remember her last name. Tina Greer. Tina Greer, because she'll be back later. Uh, played by yes, Lizzie, she does. Lizzie Kaplan plays this, this girl. That was funny. Um, yeah, she, she, did, she does good creeper. Yeah. She is, she is a convincing, like, she's a stalker of Lana. Mm-hmm. Another person in, in, infatuated with yeah. Lana. And um, again, another interesting tidbit: the director of this, um, James Foley, is the director of the original Muppet movie in 1979. I always thought that was funny. <laughs> nice, <laughs> good pull. I like, I like, the, I like your insights to certain things. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, things, things like that always fascinate me. Like, how did this guy go here? But, um, but yeah, so I we, like the. The cast listing shows, you know, Tom Welling plays Clark Kent, Kristen Kruk plays Lana Lang and Tina Greer in this episode. Michael Rosenbaum plays Lex Luthor and Tina Greer in this episode. Oh, Eric yeah. Johnson plays Whitney Fortman and Tina Greer in this episode. That is true, I guess, when you think about it, because he's playing them all. <laughs> yeah. The, um, but yeah, so we meet her, and, and you know, at first you're like, oh, she's just trying to rob a bank, but then her mom's like, you gotta stop doing this, and knocks mom down the stairs, and mom breaks her neck, and she hides her away in a... a Dark. Uh, what is it like a, a, a cabinet uh, uh, or armoire. something? Yeah, an armoire. Just just stuffs her in there and goes about her business, which is pretty interesting. Um, you want to talk about no, the powers? No, it's creepy, dude. That's not <laughs> interesting. That's dark. <laughs> but yes, Clark he, with uh, the X-ray vision. The 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 introduction of any of his powers is always fun to see how he reacts to them. Um. He like all right. I, I can understand have, getting X-ray vision and not being able to control like the output. You know, maybe you're seeing bone, maybe you're seeing muscle, maybe you're seeing just clothesless. We see all of his reactions to all of those, and in the gallery of thirty-five photos, I could see I don't know four of his faces where I know what he's looking at. Like there's the quizzical, hey, I'm seeing through to the bone. There's the, oh my God, you're skinless face. And then the, hey, 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 I can see through that wall. And those girls are changing. <laughs> that was fun. That was They're good, naked. That was a good scene. I, like I, I always thought that one was funny. Stereotypical, you know, meatballs, locker room scene. It's, it's just sort of humanizing him, which is great in a superhero-esque world yeah but you need that the the <laughs> this point i just every time we talk about like i feel bad for lana because i mean she's a cute girl i will admit first watch through i did have a little crush on her and then she was ruined for me by by an ex and i will not do that to anybody else other than those that are close to me um the the episode by episode arcs that are hey this 
This is Lana's in danger. Yeah. Lana Lana's has picked the incorrect friend yet again. And apparently this baddie and her had, you know, a friendship beforehand and the 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 bad guy thought it was a little bit more than what it actually was. Like you know, she's talking about moving in with her and and Nell and like dude like I know you're crazy. I know you're a crazy person because you're being you're being displayed to me as a crazy person. But you, you just go half steps. Don't yeah. kill your mother accidentally and then stuff her in an armoire and then say, "Hey, can I move in with you?" Like, give it a few beats. It, this becomes a, a, another television trope, though, where like, where would okay? So this is Tina, and mm-hmm. Tina's obsessed with Lana, and very very much. Where was she the previous episodes? Like, for exactly. somebody who's, like, up Lana's rear end to the point where she wants to move in with her, like, how come she hasn't been around? That's, and there's it, only so many episodes we can get away with that. Like, maybe the first five or six episodes, you know, it's, it's only so many, you know, days in their life. But, yeah, like, that's absolutely true. Where where was she the last episode? Because she like, wasn't in... She, wasn't credited in last episode. Yeah, you think she'd be like up Lana's rear end when she's dressed shopping for the homecoming or whatever she was dancing with Whitney, whatever that was. But I mean, you know, it's. But like you said, Lizzie Kaplan plays crazy very well, like very mm-hmm. well. And um, Tina does does come back because she. How did they beat her in this one? I can't remember that. They, did she just knocked out? Like she's it was, there was the big fight scene in the cemetery. Yeah, they knock her out. Oh, she runs off. That's right. Like I think, uh. I think she runs off because they go back because he, he, they knock her out and then they go get Lana because isn't Lana? Lana's in a crypt. Yeah, freaking. Because not only did Tina have shape shifting powers, she had super strength as yeah, well. Yeah, he puts her in a tomb. And in Clark's a tomb. watching her with the X-ray vision, like try to beat on the the. Uh, yeah, it's lid. the skeleton beat on the inside of the box. Yeah, yeah. Oh. God, man, so much. Like, it's, it's so funny when you like think when you're picturing it, you're thinking about it, like. All right, well, that that villain just kind of like he leaves him, and then he goes and checks on this, comes back, ah, she ran off. <laughs> like okay, well, this one ran and off that too. And that in turn, you know, that's setting the stage for for future episodes. And I don't know when Tina comes back. It will be a surprise yet again for me. You know what though? But, but it, good. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was gonna say, but it makes sense because if you think about it, what's Clark supposed to do with these people? Like, like, like they don't have the 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 thing that they had in the Flash. Like, they don't have a place to lock these supers up. If they yeah. don't end up dead, what are they supposed to do with them? Bug Boy, in essence, ended up crushed. I don't know if those bugs can reemerge. I'm assuming they will because he, if you, according to you, he shows up again. Mm-hmm. Fire Dude, he burnt to a crisp. Electric Boy goes about his day because. He had a mind wipe, if you will. Yeah, he's like, where am I? He's like, oh, you're in Smallville. Good that was, that was Good another plug. trope. It was like, oh, you're cured of your power, but you don't remember all of the evil things and all of the killing that you just did. Yeah, because like, <laughs> it's not like Clark could bring him to the cops. Like, hey, here's, uh, here's Tina. She shapeshifts. <laughs> yeah, how do you explain that? Here, uh, my friend Chloe has this wall of weird. Why don't you take, you got to look at that. You can see where the meteorites and all of that stuff. And, yeah, she could shapeshift. She was... Like, Lex should still have... Like, Lex robbed a bank. But, conveniently, his alibi... An alibi can be faked. Like, they don't... They don't They don't give another reason for him not to be robbing the bank. No. That's it. Just, I wasn't there. Okay. I wasn't there. Why would I steal my own money? Good point. All right, moving on. 
like <laughs> typical 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 cops, I guess, in, in television. But but yeah, it's just you know it becomes a thing where this, especially this season, where they they dispatch the enemies in a way that's kind of like it doesn't bring attention to to what's going on. Like what's the going underlying down small- issues? Yeah, what's going down in Smallville? Well, nobody's ever noticed anybody else with powers except for the Scooby Doo and the gang. And it's like, <laughs> all right, we'll just let that keep going. I love that. <laughs> but it's just the truth. Like, like all these people are getting affected, and it, it's just like never- there's no there's no team from the government out there testing the grounds. Which, like, it was a meteor shower. The place was covered in meteor rock. They should have like something should have happened to let the government. Or some sort of agency know that there's a bunch of radiation, unknown radiation, because it's kryptonite. Yeah, don't we have people like watching the sky? Like, don't we pay somebody to look at this shit? <laughs> but, Apparently not. But no, but I, I, I really liked the the powers, the power introduction, especially since it gave you a taste of like what we were going to see when Clark gets a new power. Um, yeah. I'm sorry, but still, Heat Vision is still my favorite. That's my favorite one too. <laughs> I love that episode. It's so funny. And then like um. <laughs> They have the because uh, unlike Flash, like Flash gets all of his powers, most of them, except like the the um, ascension figuring, of each one. But yeah, the he's first, figuring like, out to the use of his powers, but they're all speed based. Yeah, and in the first like five episodes, he's already got like everything he can do with them. And Arrow, you don't really get that. Like, was he going to shoot better, better than better? Like, <laughs> um, no, so. they still bring in an occasional specialty arrow, you know. Uh, that's true. Punching glove and changing the arrows. But this was this was cool because it's a it's a team seeing what he's gonna uh, a team figuring out. Okay, so now I've got this ability, and what 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 the heck am I supposed to do with this now? It is in essence a a, a superhero interpretation of figuring out puberty. Yeah, yeah. Like all of the changes of his body, growing hair in certain places that he did not have hair before. Yeah, uh, I'll tell you this, like. Um, <laughs> Because we're, I think we're running out of our time, but the uh, the next four, mm-hmm. the next grouping of four, and not to keep anyone who's interested in listening on their toes, but those are some of my favorites because of right, what happens can... and who we see play certain characters. All right, I, I'm actually going back, so let's see. So we're we're in the stages of wrap up. All right, and. We covered this episode, Pilot Metamorphosis Hothead. Next episode would be Cool, Hourglass, Craving, and Jitters. Oh, man. Jitters, that's the one with Candyman, isn't it? Yep. That's what I mean. Like, you got Candyman, you got... uh, You know what? I don't want to talk about the other ones, because they're they're, they're good talking points of of some of the people that pop up in these and and some stuff that they they do. Um, But yeah, these these are four really... I think oh, they're good episodes. Hourglass, I remember that one. That that's was, a good one. That's that's, a, that's an iconic. That's the one with the the Lex scene, right? The futuristic yeah, the, Lex. Yeah. The Lex scene, like, like it shows needed. up. That plays a role in the entirety of this the show. Yeah. All right, so there you go. I, that's. I'm so happy that I'm actually doing this now. <laughs> <laughs> Five years in the making. I how I, this is these we didn't actually mention this. These actually aired. 19 years ago. Yeah. Nearly oh, this, 19 years ago. This the show is nearly 20 years old. And um, 2001, so it's crazy. October 16th, 2001 for the pilot, the 23rd for Metamorphosis, the 30th for Hothead, and November 6th for X-Ray. So, yeah, 
the show's been around for a minute. But I, th- I think we did a good job. I mean, it only took us... I've been recording now for nearly three hours, let's say half hour of bullshit beforehand so yeah this is going to be a long one i'm going to have to figure out how to cut this you know we may we may get two episodes out of this <laughs> that'd be all right i think um but you know what could it be fun anybody who's who's listening realize that future ones oh it's going. no it's just the fact that i have to upload this to the website and there is an upload limit oh that's funny <laughs> I, would, I would definitely split this one then <laughs> so i'm gonna have to split it maybe do a part one part two i don't know i'll figure it out i may interject a a a self-recorded interstitial, if you will. Um, but hey, listen, I'm gonna just throw out the blurb. You know, this po- this this you're gonna get this on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. You get we're available on uh, like our our home is geekade.com, where our, we ask what's your geek. We cover all forms of geekdom, everything from beer to television. We got something on that website for you. Um, I personally do a bunch of podcasts. I'm involved with a bunch of podcasts. I, I, I edit uh, Stone Age Gamer, which is a video game podcast. I am one of the co-hosts for this week's episode, which is a television ep- television podcast. I do. I'm doing this. I'm going to start. We're getting into a comic book podcast called Paper Cuts. We're keeping that name. That's a, a re-release. I'm doing Artist Avenue with my my fiance, which is an artist-based podcast. I've been doing I've been involved with this this website since the, the since its foundation. I'm one of the founders of this website, and I've been trying to figure a way to get Jonathan involved. And it's always come back to Smallville. We have been like I wish I wonder I, I'm gonna because we we chatted via Messenger years and years and years ago, and I'm just gonna scroll back to. When uh, let's see, because you you stopped using Messenger, I see. Uh, that's 2015. Yeah, uh, long time. Like, it's been a long time. Like we have been no no joke talking about this for years, and I finally I, I I arranged some things in my schedule so that I can make these things happen. When I, I started doing podcasts for the point of being able to do this, and. Jonathan and I, we became friends via uh, conventions and, and the geek world. And, like, we always bonded with this topic. Like, we would randomly send each other messages. Hey, did you see this? And there was a, there was a run there where some of the messages were kind of weird because of some of the things that oh, some man. of the main casts were doing. Ooh. Like, I don't even know for a long You know what? That's a whole different... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole nother time. But... I'm so glad that we have the opportunity to do this, John. Me too. Jonathan. I'm, uh, I'm glad that we were able to, to get this out there, and I am not involved in any of the other podcasts or recordings. This is this is the the one for me. Um, I love this, but topic. this is an important one. Like it this is. is like no joke. I have been talking about. Do, I, okay, say most of the time, my all of my podcasts that I've done started backwards. Like I came up with a title for a podcast, and I said, "This is what I want to do." Like. The only reason I do, other than my love for television, the only reason I do this week's episode is because I came up with the title, This Week's Episode, and I wanted to say on this week's episode of This Week's Episode. That's why I do that podcast, okay? I I wanted to do this podcast because of a simple conversation that you and I had at a show. I guarantee you that's where it started, or via Messenger, because of, like, just talking about this show and... I like I can't I can't explain it doesn't matter what you're doing this 
I this has been years in the making, and I'm truly like I'm so happy that we you're, we're getting the opportunity to do it. Me too. This is a, this is gonna be a lot of fun, and there's and like I said, this is just a start. There's so much more that comes in so many different episodes from these this cast and what they're able to accomplish over the years. Yeah, we're gonna have something extra to talk. Like this episode, we had the introduction and the 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 the, the unaired pilot. We're going. There's something extra to talk about in every episode that we do. Like this may be the format: the extra shit that we talk about in the beginning, and then the four episodes afterwards. Who knows? Yeah. We're figuring it out as we go, people. We're doing it live. We <laughs> <laughs> get to see it live and live, and just how we we push through the the terrain. Yeah, some some of these seasons get a little rough, but you know. We'll figure it out. I, I still, I don't even remember. Which, what season was the, the witches? I think that's five. I, th- I want to say five. <laughs> Those were rough ones. But still, Smallville. Smallville is still Smallville. Um, you can t- get in touch with us at mail at geekade.com. Just put save this podcast in the, you know, the, the subject line. Uh, any questions, any comments, just reach out. Let us know what you're thinking. Tell us if, if you feel that we should be talking about certain aspects of the show. We will. We, we're, we're open to any sort of information that you can give us. Um, I am at GeekAidEvan on all forms of social media. I'm not going to pressure Jonathan. If you have, if you want to comment on something, you uh, can. I mean, they could probably just reach me at the uh, Save This Podcast. Um, I don't really absolutely. have Twitter or anything I, like that. We will. Fi- I will figure out something to, to add into the social medias for us. Like this is literally, we have been talking about doing this, and now it's the the first part is done, and I am going to figure out the rest of it, getting all those those aspects into it. But this has been a blast. This has literally been three hours that have I did not realize it would go this. I we started this at recording at ten thirty. I always knew this. It would just be a dangerous. Uh, yeah. like a rabbit hole where it's it's that's gonna be the hardest I'm kind of surprised we kept it as, as reined in as we did yeah same here <laughs> so um, I want to throw a shout out to my lovely fiance who did all of the um, the icons and the art for this show um, we have we have come across we have tried to figure out what we were going to do for the the look of the show for a minute um, we always knew it was going to be save this podcast and we had to figure out how to get away from STP because, you know, STP was a famous band and, you know, we don't want to look that up. But uh, she did a fantastic job with our, our, our banner art and our, our icon and, and all of that stuff. So greatly appreciate that. Love you, honey. Um, that's that's all I got. You got anything else? No, that's it for me for now. Fantastic. Up until me. next week. Do, up I until do, the I next do, time I we do, talk. I do What's I do that? one thing. Uh, I will actually shout out my family for giving me the ability to do this. Um, I want to say hi to my wife and my kids while I'm recording, just in case we happen to listen to this in the car or something like that. It'd be fun. Yeah, that's, 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 you'll realize that listening to your own voice is mildly uncomfortable unless other people are around. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> so, thank you everybody for joining us. We will be back in a month's time. And it just, just, just enjoy the show, man. It is a great show yes please do please check it out like it's ignore the campiness and just go with it hey, yeah, but this is campiness at its best though yes it's just, it's it's where all other superhero shows come from oh i want to make sure it, all credits for information that we are using will be in the show notes so i don't want anybody to get mad or upset we are graciously using things with with permission how's that 
That's an nice. S covering right there. <laughs> All right, Jonathan, it's been great. Thank you so much. I will talk to you in a month. Thank you. Take care, sir.